Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week on Thinker Girl, the podcast. Hi, I'm Jill Friedman, the co-founder of Interactive. Here's a preview of what's coming up. One in ten women will have endometriosis worldwide. Girls tired all the time, sick all the time. The Thinker Girls, hello. Hola. Hello. Hi. The Thinker Girls. Thanks for <laughs> joining our show. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> oh, hi, girls. <laughs> the Thinker Girls. All the thoughts you're thinking but not saying. You're listening to Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girl, Stacey June. And Christy Mercer. Welcome back. Hello. G'day, mate. Oh, imagine if this was your first time ever listening. I was. I, that's what I said, welcome back, and I was like... Maybe you've never been back. Maybe you've never been here before. Well, you may be a listener of our next guest, who we'll introduce in a second, Syl Friedman, who's doing some pretty impressive things with her day, young mate. I've got to say, probably a little bit more giving back than we what we do. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I never, don't want to downplay that. No, no, no. Well, but, you know, but she's doing important things. We've never claimed to be saving lives no, in what we do. No, and this particular no. woman's doing a really yes. good cause of something that I don't think is spoken about enough, which it's is true. like a lot of women's conversations. But this in particular, I don't know too much about and know a lot of people that suffer from it. Those two things Same. don't actually merge. Mm. You should know mm. more about it. Yep. things that are suffering or people that are suffering from things. But we'll get onto that in a second. Um, this week's been pretty good for me. I'm feeling, I'm feeling fun. I'm still with my kind of meditation routine and works really good. I don't know, nothing to complain about from my end. Yeah, that's like me. I just feel, I feel good and I'm really liking these lentil chips that you've brought in. Oh, well, I thought you might. Yeah. They're a bit wanky because they're, what, $75 and 30% less fat. I thought you'd enjoy that. What's happened to the veggie chips? You want to them? No. Oh, no, that's a bit, oh, look, love me a veggie lentil chip. chips is as far wank as I'll go for today. Thanks. Do you mind if I have one more? Sure. That's why I was coughing before because the chili got down my windpipe. This particular woman uh, is doing amazing things for endometriosis. Mm. Uh, you can find out more info at endoactive.org.au. And I think we should just get straight into this. Syl Friedman, hello. Welcome to our show. Hi. How are you guys? We are really good. How are you going? How's your week been? What's What's I'm, been hip-hop happening? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just at the tail end of a very, very intense week of uh, uni assignment or a couple of weeks of uni assignment I'm doing my uh, master's in health communication at Sydney at the moment and Brilliant. health communication difficult. isn't that great mm. like that's yeah. I've never heard of that uh, like a course like that did you kind of sculpt that or is that an actual like a structured no, curriculum no it yeah. actually exists so Amazing. it's basically so cool. a mixture of yeah it's a basically a mixture of um, like public health um, and health subjects and media and communications which <sighs> To me, is awesome because wow. it ties in so well with, with everything. It's yeah. basically everything that you yeah. do that that you can it's kind of learn it, but continue to practice exactly what you're learning. Yeah, it's basically like I think people are really starting to see the importance now of bridging the gap between health practitioners and the public, and that's what health communicators do in a sense. Is like you know, 
they're sort of like the link between those two groups of people. Which is so, important because I feel yeah. like in Western medicine, a lot of the time we lose a bit of the communication. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'd exactly. love for you to talk, tell everybody yourself about what you do, but you're going to do that through your gem. So I'll, I'll introduce okay. the, the way our show works if you haven't listened. And hello if you found us through Ms. Sil because um, we're wrapped mm-hmm. to have new people listening mm-hmm. in if, if you have listened for the first time. But we are two radio chicks who talk thoughts we're thinking but not saying on this podcast and on our show on the Kiss Network work every weeknight um this show we each bring a gem to the table this is where the bad boy started yeah. uh where we're thinking something's on our mind that we haven't said out loud we each get a little bit of time and fill up the duck will rein us in uh when it's somebody else's turn i.e when it's time to shut the fuck up yeah so still don't be too thrown off by the quacking <laughs> yeah some people are like and I then would. i was and then i was doing this and then they stop like, like mid-sentence we're like, it's fine yeah it's, he's not <laughs> real <laughs> um yeah ignore but some you but respect show some kind you of Got to respect the quack. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be here till eight pm. Trust me, it gets carried away. Um, and so, before we get stuck into it, we'll just do a real quick contents of what everyone can expect from our show. A bit of a big, a quick line on what our gem is. Mm. Young mate, do you want to go? Yeah, I want to talk today, and I actually need both of your help on this. What is the protocol when it comes to needing to do a wee when you've got a tampon in? I think this is a question for an eleven-year-old. I don't know why this is coming up, but I each feel like their you own. should know this by now. So do I. So do I. Which is why I'm asking. Asking the question. Okay, good. One. Okay, you can't <laughs> knock. You no. can't knock a thought I'm thinking, but no, I haven't said. We can't. And that's why I've left it so long to say it out loud because I thought it was dumb. I want to talk about how I figured out by reading an article. Um, in the Sydney Morning Herald a couple of days ago about a woman speaking about how women need to speak to their daughters more about their work scenario and had a bit of think about my mum's work um, and her career and what it meant and landed on the fact that I feel like I have and I'm actually an accidental feminist. And it's in, I will explain more. I was going to say, what does that mean? But you yes, can tell us. I will. There's my yes. hook. Sil, <laughs> um, do you want to jump straight into yours? We might as well kick the show off with what Absolutely. your gem is and, and everything that you do because we're very intrigued and, and think that what you're doing is really admirable. Oh, thank you so much. Well, um, I'm the co-founder of um, Endoactive um, and we are a not-for-profit um, advocacy group. Um, I started Endoactive with my mum, Leslie, just over a year and a half ago. Love that. Um, mm-hmm. We never intended to start a not-for-profit. It was very, very unintentional. But basically, um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis at age 21, but I've been living with the symptoms, very extremely painful symptoms. Can we go back? Probably, Can we go back yes, to that? So yes, what sure. does that mean? So I know that, you know, when you say symptoms, what are they? And then yep. what's the process of diagnosis? Absolutely. Well, so I say I've been living with the symptoms probably since I got my first period when I was um, 10 or 11 years old. So from from that day, basically, like I can remember the first time I ever got my period, I, it was excruciating, mm-hmm. like seriously, seriously painful. Um, and I think when I told, when I first got my period, my mum was obviously so excited she actually threw me a period party with we were talking, we were only saying that the other day we Stace were talking was saying about that. this yes ex my girlfriend yeah. was Sri Lankan and I and obviously when you're growing up there's all these different when someone's doing something so culturally different it, it's, right. it really stays with you mm. and I said to Christy the other day <laughs> my my beautiful friend in grade six had a period party and they all got presents and she got all presents and yeah. money and I was like that sounds like the best idea <laughs> ever why, why did I not get one of those um, but <laughs> that was their culture like that's mm. what they did in their culture I was fascinated by it. Yeah, I did not know that. Well, I was 
yeah, none of my friends had that, so I was definitely. Well, you were the, the lucky one. one. Yeah. You were like luck mini oh, in my life. Yes, that was actually her name. That was her name. The best. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, she was a legend. Well, I mean, but at the same time, you know, this was getting sort of like celebrated, like you're a woman now. And from my perspective, I was extremely yeah, young right. and in a lot mm. of pain. Like I was, didn't really know what was going on. But then when I spoke to my mum about it and said like, she like, I'm in a lot of pain. Like, I don't think I can go to school today. She was like, it's normal, you know. This yeah. is what I was just about woman. to say that. And that's why I asked you to talk through that time. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the, that's a lot of the misunderstanding Well, everybody's done this. it. I mean, people yeah. have been getting it since they were cave yeah. women. Yeah. Kind of suck it up. a woman, mm. suck it up, move on. Exactly right. And like, I think this is a huge um, issue. So with endometriosis, one of the symptoms can be extremely painful periods. And I don't just mean a bit of cramping. I mean, like, keep you home from school mm. or work or uni. Um, and there's a lot of other symptoms as well. Um, things like digestive disorders, uh, like really, really heavy fatigue, um, flooding, like really, really heavy bleeding, which I never had. So that was never a warning sign. Like, I mainly just had the pain. It's really different for everybody. Mm. Um, but I think because in our in our society, like, pain for women and, and painful periods is so normalised, this is a huge part of the problem why there's such a massive delay in diagnosis for things like endometriosis. I mean, it took me from age 10 to age 21 to even to get diagnosed and I'd never heard the word before. I'd yeah, never heard right. endometriosis before and I'd been living with chronic pain for that long. So, I mean, and as a kid, me, that's really fucked up. Yeah, like, you know, you're is. already going through so much. Like, your body's changing, the way you feel changes. Yeah. Like, everything is happening. And, to, and then also to have something that then you're told is meant to be That normal, everybody suffers yeah, from. Yeah, it's bad. really, yeah. really tough. And I think my story is, like, quite mild by comparison to others that I've heard. Like, I didn't really go get it investigated that much because... I just kind of had, I suppose, learned to live with it. And it got increasingly worse, but you become used to it in a, in a way. It's like an acceptance um, that that's a part of your life. Right. But, yeah. I mean, there are girls who, even after they are diagnosed, they'll be in excruciating pain. They drop to the floor. They need to get rushed to emergency. And whilst they're saying, I've got endometriosis, I really need some, like, intense, like, some strong pain relief right now. So they'll be like, oh, Period pain can't be a 10 out of 10. Endometriosis isn't, you know, it's not that serious. Come on, like. So then, still, what, what happens? Home you go. What happens from that point of diagnosis, I suppose? So you're 21, you find out you do have this thing that you've been living with for quite some time. I mean, yeah. is, is there a cure? What is the treatment? Because, um, as Stace said, when we kind of started this podcast, I'll be completely honest in saying also, I don't, yeah. I don't really know anybody personally, any chicks in my life that suffer from endometriosis. Oh, I a know girl a that, lot. Oh, I, 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 I was don't. saying I know a lot, but I don't know a lot about it. The only a girl that we worked with until quite recently, I know had it, but that was the only. Right. the actual person that I've yeah physically spoken to about no, it. The, it's interesting yeah. that you say that though because the statistic is and this is a conservative number is one in 10 women will have endometriosis wow. worldwide so that's 176 million women all over the world and that's about half a million women here in Australia so you will know someone who has it it's just that they won't know that they've got it. It's true. Oh, that's a scary part. And I know, well, I know a lot of girls that have, that have got the same kind of with you still that have died, got diagnosed later. Mm. But there's one of my, yeah. one of my very good friends 
And I must admit, I, I'm not very proud of not really understanding it. I obviously try and be there supportive to her, but I have i don't really understand what's going on inside her body. And that's what I, the next question I want to ask you. But yeah. she's had she has to go in for regular surgeries. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so she's so, at that level. So it's yeah. it's she's off work you know mm-hmm. she's going under like mm-hmm. this isn't this isn't it's a small feat like this no, isn't something not. that's um that can be a part of your life and suck it up like it's not and no, it's very hard because no. she works in a completely male male dominant and I don't think she'd mind me saying it she works for triple m so yeah. like the radio mm-hmm. station that's b- built around men yeah <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just it is that's just full-on you know um but so when you are diagnosed, what to, how do they explain to you what's going on inside? So, um, well, I mean, I, it's, it'll be different for everyone, but I'll speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened to me was um, I guess my symptoms had gradually been getting worse and worse and worse, and I really didn't know. What, I didn't even realise that they were all linked together. Like I was tired all the time, sick all the time. Every time I ate or drank anything, I seemed to get really bloated and really just very unwell upset stomach um i was taking the pill like all the time and skipping my periods because they were so painful but Mm. i was getting the pain regardless like chronic back pain pelvic pain um you know so it wasn't was irrespective of even having a period i had Mm. still had all these awful symptoms um and by the time um, oh, and chronic UTIs, actually. That's how I got diagnosed. Oh, God, I've had one of those before and even that that was enough. That was more than enough. And yeah. that's not even a candle to, you know, dealing with what you, got, yeah. you have. So it was kind of like, anyway, I got, went to, ended up going to a specialist when I was 21, said, I'm pretty sure you've got endometriosis after asking me a whole lot of questions. And I was scheduled in for surgery um, that day, not to have it that day, but... Um, short like very soon afterwards so that um the way the only way to formally diagnose endometriosis is through surgery and that's through having a laparoscopy which is basically keyhole surgery in your belly button and a couple of other places mm. going with tiny tiny cameras and have a look around right and that's how you're um diagnosed and then once they're in there um the correct um form of surgery is excision and that's when you're supposed, they're supposed to remove the endometriosis which mm. is kind of like cobwebs yeah. um, oh, wow. which make all your organs sort of stick together okay and um yeah so basically if you if you've had a good surgeon so they say you shouldn't be having surgeries all the time like if it's done properly it should be you have one um you you know carry on with your treatments after surgery and you shouldn't really shouldn't be having them all the time unfortunately we hear through so many girls from so many girls on our facebook page um, our endoactive facebook page who have had tens of surgeries like just multiple they're still living in pain they're not being believed they can't go to school can't go to uni can't go to work I mean, it's awful. It's so just, what are you guys wanting to do and make a shift with Endoactive? So obviously a, a really high priority of ours is to raise awareness mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. endometriosis. Which well done, you're yeah. doing. You're doing right now. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. We yeah. found you. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we started basically through a petition that we launched on change.org to have um, a medical treatment legalised in Australia which wasn't legalised here. Um, I was really sick at the time and I think out of sheer desperation, my mum was 
um, looking for treatments for me. So we mm. launched this petition, got 75,000 signatures, 19,500 comments. And as she and I were reading those comments every night, bawling our eyes out, we just were like, this is so, this is fucked this basically. Is yeah, we've got so to do something. Just yeah. like us mm. who have no information, don't know what to do, aren't getting any support. And we basically felt like a moral obligation to, um, you know, form a place for these people to go um, after the petition was finished. So it was successful. We got the drug legalised here. We started our Facebook page, started Endoactive. Um, we held a conference at Sydney Uni in May last year. Neither of us have um, health professional like background, but we did it anyway. And it was amazing. Um, we had 13 specialists all talking about endometriosis. Was that the share perspective, the, the video yeah, work? Yeah. yeah. You can check we some filmed, of that out at endoactive.org.au. That's where that's we saw right. it. Yeah. So we filmed the whole thing. And a huge issue is lack of information. So we thought, let's make a, an information resource that's up to date. So we filmed the whole conference. It's on DVD and it's available from our website. Um, and huge kudos to you and your mum. Thank, and and, thank obvi- you so and obviously, much. as you started talking about this, that I don't know that space where there's other people like you or going through the same thing or not being believed mm. that your pain yeah. or your period pain is worse than others. I mean that yeah. that in particular is so amazing that you've opened up that conversation and yeah. a bit of a safe space for people that are going through the same. And shit. I hope anyone that's yes. listening, because we like hello chicks, listen to this show. It's chicks <laughs> um, want somewhere to go to be able to talk about thoughts that they might have had about pain that isn't right and mm-hmm. they can't get yeah. anybody to listen. Mm. Endoactive on. Facebook, um, endoactive.org.au is where you can find that uh, info. More info in the Share Perspectives uh, conference video is there yeah. too. Yep. Do you want to butt in on this conversation? Get it off your chest, girlfriend. Join in our weekly Facebook forum where you get to say exactly what you're thinking and you could be featured in the next show, facebook.com slash thinkergirls. Um, young mate, do you want to have a go? Yes. Philip went off and we disrespected him. I know we but did it a little important. bit. It was really important, yeah. so we take that back. Oh, Philip. Um, I've got um, something probably slightly less important to be able to talk about for my gym today, <laughs> but that is my complete and utter confusion when it comes to weeing when you are wearing a tampon. And I feel like this is a conversation that potentially could have happened when I was about 12. Yeah. However, here I stand. Or happening. Here I stand, 26 years old, still not really knowing what the go is. I'm not. What do you mean? <laughs> like you put a tampon in, you go to the toilet. You Like I don't okay, understand what the so question is. So my whole life, I've always had a pretty light period. So uh-huh. I can probably go hours and hours, maybe oh, a God. third. No, honestly, like a third of the day. Yes, I know. But you've got to realise what you're following. We've oh. just spoken about endometriosis. No, no, no. I know. No, I know. It's interesting because to- I'm exactly the same. Oh, really? Well, I'm, not, I'm not anymore because I haven't had a period in years because I'm on medication for that except um, – yeah, but I, it doesn't yeah, necessarily I, I, mean heavy period. I'm not talking no, about my not symptoms, not my P, not my PMS or whatever, but my flow or the actual yeah, no, whatever too, is yeah. is actually quite light. So I can light, probably yeah. go for a few hours with wearing the same tampon, and and yeah. in terms of it being full or not, there's no real need for me to change it. Apart from the wee factor, and I every mm. time I've worn or kind of worn tampons. I've always had this like damp kind of feeling that I just always thought, oh, well, that's just because I'm weeing. And I just, to be honest, I thought everybody had that. I thought Isn't everybody. Isn't damp from you getting a bit of pee on the string bit and then that coming out? I'm very mindful of where I hold the string. I've kind of learnt that as the years yeah, go by. Yeah, but it's by. going to go up no, no, no. where it's wet. But it's not, it's actually not the string. It's the actual tampon itself 
that is soaked in piss. And sometimes when I've Whoa, taken out, that's I'm, not possible. I don't think that it is possible. either, mate. Anatomically, anatomically, it's that's different not holes. I'm being completely yeah. honest here. This is not shock value. I'm not making this well, up. You, when I take out a tampon, but it as, must be something else. It must be like this, there must you must get you've got to get that checked out because it's not piss, mate. <laughs> It's not Every wheat. time it comes out, it's, my tampon is, ya- well, is yellowish. You need to sort that out because that's not wheat. As, as Syl said, wee. it can't yeah. be. So it's in a completely different hole to where you actually weave from. Yeah. Well, is where you weave from. It's the little bit, a bit more yeah. to the front. I didn't know that. I don't, the other I don't know period that. hole is. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Where the penis goes. Different. Case in point that we should be taught a lot about, about yeah, more it's about true. our female bodies and anatomy it's at true. school. It's true. I only it's just... ridiculous so I, we I, don't know these things. I only just took a photo of my vagina. I'm 32 years old. And I... I don't I, think I've ever taken a photo. You should. Of I haven't... I think... Well, because then you know. <laughs> then you look... I mean, I was a bit confronted. I'm a, I've done this big thing on air about bring back the bush and I'm not exactly a, a 12-year-old girl down there, but I did reconsider <laughs> after I saw that photo. I was like... Whoa. <laughs> but that's what's weird. I've taken plenty of photos of my vagina in the past. And I never looked at what the different holes but mean. never actually. No. And I, and I feel a, a bit embarrassed to, to kind of admit that, especially still with you on the phone, somebody that's so educated in this stuff. But I actually, I'm actually still as... As an adult, still unsure of well, I don't think what that's goes. A, I don't think that's necessarily your fault. I think Syl's right. We don't get taught no, a lot of stuff. Our fault. mum's handed us a book and walked away. Like that's the kind. My of, mum didn't even hand me a bloody book. Yeah, it's so I had the kind of mum who did kind of like go overboard with the everything. <laughs> it like I was, I was, I was in the minority. Like my, like you know, she would be teaching my friends that you've got three holes, not one. Uh. Not See, I mum. think I think the longer no. that it goes, I think the longer that it goes on, and the older that you get, the more embarrassing it is to actually say, "I'm not actually sure." Well, that's how right. that and, works. And I think I'm glad you did bring it up and you pushed through that. But I got to say, it's not we, so you probably better go see someone. Because <laughs> it's especially when I have a multivitamin, I notice my tampon can be more yellow. So that's why I figured that what? it would actually be. I just thought it was Sometimes in a similar I space. Struggle to believe you, and that, it and I do be because I know. Yeah, I I don't. It's not that I – I don't not believe you, but I do go through thoughts where I go, what shit is she talking? Well, you actually think that I would sit here and make it up? I, that's why I know you wouldn't. Oh, I know that you oh. wouldn't. So in my gut, I know you and I know that's not happening. But the thought does cross my mind. It comes to me and I go, she's had a multivitamin and her tampon's more yellow, but it the is. wee doesn't go there. I don't get that. I don't get – but I don't get it either, which is what – Surely, but there's blood on the tampon, so I can't possibly be putting it in the wrong hole. Oh, so that's okay, mate. Of course no, you're not. not. That's also not. I I'm actually not saying wow. this with shock value or a, or a joke. I legit, I legit don't know. And now you've had 
Because my boyfriend, no <laughs> my boyfriend told me. That I would suggest going to a gynecologist. Uh, anyway. yeah. I've never been to Talking a gynecologist. Either have I. Nah, what? never been. I've had pap smears just serious? by GPs, but I've never, I mean, apart from this issue now, apart from that, I've never actually had a reason well, or a I need found, to go. I found really good female doctors so that didn't mm, same. Gyne, like, yeah. weren't actual gynecologists. It's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, two chick, do- chick doctors that did my pap smears and helped me with through... Uh, well, there were a couple of mental health plans were there and also mm-hmm, um, my mm-hmm. contraception. Oh, wait, I have been. When we filmed the pap smear for the real life was series, she, a she was a gyno. Oh, but I mean, there you go. I didn't really. Well, we filmed it. So we, that's yeah, not really so it was a bit real. different. We did I mean, ask, it was okay. real. <laughs> we did ask lots of questions. Though. Do not question that video. That pap smear happens <laughs> and we were all in the room. You can head to thethinkergirls.com.au if you're interested Knock in seeing that. Out. You don't see any holes, though. So no, sorry. That's to all covered by modesty blanket. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> well, sound too disappointed. But I mean, look, maybe we should have filmed it because it sounds like a lot of people need a lot of help down there. Well, my yeah, myself included. But I'm not. I should have up. watched back the video. We give away a lot. Vagina holes yeah. is not something I'm into. Yeah. For the anyway, for the press, I will. Um, I think I will have to go and see a gyno just to let us know well, about just that. For knowledge, just for as you say, just for the knowledge and things. Just knowing what I, I maybe actually we'll have. Get, we could get Dr. Roshi, Roshi on the show. Yeah, it might be an idea. Dr. Roshi was on be. our show, Sil, because I had a blonde, one rogue blonde pube. Platinum blonde. <gasps> it was really weird. You pay not, so much money to get that blonde on your mm-hmm. head, I tell you what. Not grey, blonde. And he didn't really have an answer for it. It was really strange. And meanwhile, it was strange that we were talking to Dr. Andrew Rushford about my bomb pit, but that's for another day. <laughs> Maybe not the right kind of doctor to it was, about that. That was the funny of it, I think. Follow the Thinker Girls on Insta for all the thoughts you're thinking but not saying, just with a Valencia filter. Wait a second. I really like X-Pro 2 lately. I am all about Gingham now. Big Gingham fan myself. Gingham. The Thinker Girls on Instagram. So there was an article written by a woman talking about the fact that she thinks and implores women to talk more about what's going on at the workplace for them to their kids. Because it's very funny. You think about, and in my house, uh, my mum and dad both worked, but I definitely know a lot more about my dad's job. Mm. I know that he was quite successful. He went overseas. I remember he went to the World Cup, brought me back a Malaysian Barbie doll. (laughs) It was very cool. Um, So you remember those kinds of things. Mum was working alongside him quite hard, Hard work too, hard yakka. She worked in a hospital um, as kind of a nurse assistant, an aged care assistant, also did food catering and things at uni. And that like, is a full on job. Yeah, it, she's all, yeah. and she always yeah. came home with cuts on her and hands hours. from the ham slicer or this. Hours you know, she too. was it was grueling, um, but she loved it. And I only knew that kind of information when I really sat back and thought about it. It wasn't something that just kind of came straight to me. And so I, we did it on the show and I thought, yeah, this is important. I think there are skills that we, we might not be learning from our mums because, I don't know, they might take second, second priority to talk about it at home if they're both working mm. than the dads. But what I did realise after having a bit of a think about that, and I did ask my mum a few questions about mm, her job and what she did. And, and I think at this stage of the game in my life, it's important to start asking your parents questions. Mm. I don't know a lot. Mum mm. is in a massive communicator. We couldn't be more different. And my dad did moved out when I was about 12. So there's just lots of parts of them as people that I, I don't know. I had to work really hard on myself for a bit because I kind of, 
ended up raising myself for a little bit there. Mm. So I had to get over that. The question, the questions things are good though. But I, I think, think that's we need really, to know. really important. I gave my dad a book once and said, can you fill this out? Which has all questions of all his jobs and his life. So I can have that. Wow. And he can mm. think about it. it. hasn't got back to me. He said to me the other day, actually, I'm going to get that book to you one day. And I was like, Where'd yeah, you get the book from? I that's a good idea. It was really random. I felt a bit disconnected from him at a point in my life. I reckon about five years ago. And I thought, and I, and I couldn't have him in my life all the time. And I thought, thought I'm going to buy this book and I want to hear a bit more about yeah. his story but at the moment it needs to be this way very different dad and I go up and down but we're pretty good mates overall mm, you are anyway That's a really cool idea though do it do you remember that. where you bought it I think it's just like a real like a souvenir you know those like gift shops where they have I reckon Kiki K will I've have got them something from Kiki like K that. That's like a relationshipy one, but it could, you could use it probably for a, anybody. But I, there's ones that say you give to your dad, so then you mm. can or your mum, and you can keep them about their life. That's nice. It's really nice. That's I'm gonna do so, that. So yeah, do it because mm. then you have it, and you don't want to turn around one day and have questions. Mm. Let me just say that much. But anyway, back to the point of my bloody story. Sorry. And so I I thought about all this stuff, and I went, how the fuck did I become a feminist from my mum? Because. I know how because I know that she was the hardest worker I know. Her work ethic is crazy. Mm. She was a real tomboy, wasn't really girly girl, no scales or makeup in my house with my mum, which is weird but also then explains a lot. But my point is I grew up to be um, very active with my opinions on equality with women and I am a, a proud, proud feminist. And my mum created that, but she did it accidentally. Mm. She was not a preacher at home. In fact, she'd be far from it. She's a big footy lover. She's an AFL mm. fiend. Yeah. And, you know, and if a, if a footy player walks up the street, she's going to care way more about that than, than some woman helping us get paid the same, let me tell you. So all of those things on paper, mum is very oblivious to and unaware of. But her actual being yeah. and her, her, her just living by example – showcased my way to be the feminist that I am. If you turned around to her and you kind of mentioned all of that, you know, mum, I think you've raised me to be a feminist maybe without even realising it and there's lots of lessons that you've she taught me about un- that. She wouldn't would even she, understand what that I was going to say, would she Would she be shocked at that, that she's taught you that I stuff? Think, I think she's always pretty proud and I think they both as parents look at me and go, we've done something right, you know, like we're proud of who she is. I think sometimes mum still looks at herself and goes, I don't know how she came out of me because mm. we are very different. Um, but I think that it is interesting and also quite humbling and nice to think that when you lead by example without even having a purpose or mm. a preach, mm. I think it goes back to that whole action over words thing too. Mm. Like really, she may not have said anything to me, not even really still might not know what a feminist is means yeah. or what it is to I her. I definitely do. Yeah. My mum is a raging, raging feminist. Yeah, really? but she, but mum might not know all of that stuff yet lived it and breathed the meaning yeah. of it every day. And and isn't that powerful in itself? Mm. And, and I just went back and went, I used to be so c- confused at how mum and I are the way we are. But then in some ways, it makes so much sense. Mm. In a very poetic way. It's actually really beautiful. Mm. It's a re- it's really nice. What were the things that she did, obviously, with the, the work work ethic and working hard and all of that stuff? She's never, what what she, was it in in her other in her life that she lived and embodied without realizing? She always that got along that. really well with men mm. in a way that wasn't like a sucky up way mm. or anyone's better than anyone mm. in our house. 
it wasn't about roles or conversation. It was just about, it was just equality, really. Mm. I was the eldest, mm. so I could just do what my brother could do. Mm. I never, never questioned that. And that came from my mum and my dad. Mm. Um, and there were roles, but but they weren't probably as much as real traditional Irish Catholic Anglo families of, mm, yeah. you know, of, of were. We've got lots of things that, probably some bad things that fall under those stereotypes. <laughs> Bit mm, of grog in there. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, in terms of other themes, it was pretty, it was, I wouldn't say progressive, but, but we weren't, I don't think they had the education to have the conversation. There weren't uni degrees going on where there were intellectual conversations mm. around the table about Jermaine Greer and, and those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, but, mm. but what they were living yeah. was equality and what they were, what they were doing every day was what what gave me that foundation, and I tell you what, I reckon that could be as strong as maybe what it was like at your house, Sil. Like without mm. you know, without yeah. being the same house at all. I mean, every the, every different wave of feminism has a completely different um, ideas of what it means to be a feminist as well. So, like, what Jermaine Greer can, considers feminism will be different to what I consider feminism. Absolutely. Mm. I just more meant that's where your mum could maybe even have had sta- yeah. those conversations yeah. started from an intellectual I mean, perspective. She, she you know, was raised in the in the seventies as well, and I think feminism was like so on the rise, and people really were talking about it. So it was kind of a conversation that was happening at parties, probably over. A, joint or something yeah, like that. or at but, the um, art galleries yeah. or it was that kind of progressive yeah. different conversation yeah. then yeah that was she happening actually, um at my 21st birthday my mum presented me with a gift on stage and everybody thought that it was going to be a giant vibrator because that's what it looked like and what was it I, but hearing very short stories about your mum I would that wouldn't surprise she me she sounds like stage. a freaking legend by yes, the way it sounds like it what was, I'm gonna yeah. be like <laughs> she, she Stacey up, 50 years she got up holding this thing that looked like a sex toy saying, like, every woman needs one of these. And bearing in mind, she'd had a couple of champagne by this day. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus, what is this going to be? And she was like, I opened it up and it was a power drill. And she was like, oh. every woman needs to know how to renovate their own home without a man. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> I love it. What, what a cool bitch your mum sounds I know. Like. <laughs> I think... Um, I think that's. I think, as you say, Stace, it's it's different for everybody, and it comes yeah. in different waves, different shapes, different forms, different lessons. And I think it's made me think about my own mum and where where I how that kind of fits with me. And and on the flip side, without sounding really awful, I think I've learnt lots of lessons from my mum about being a strong chick and being a feminist from her not kind of living them yeah. in a way where she, yeah, even right. as a little girl, I remember asking, what, what did you want to be when you um, were little mum? What did you want to be when you grew up? And still even now, um, today if I asked her, she'd go, oh, I don't know. I'm not good at anything. I don't like, uh, there's nothing that I like. And mm. I that kind of drove me to go, nah, fuck this. I'm going to work out exactly what it is and what makes me tick. And even if that's not a career or work-wise, I, I will find something you know that brings I, me happiness. You know what I will say about that though? And I know that it does sound kind of a sad way to find that. But I will say the fact that she knew she should know something means that somewhere in her, she told herself that she somewhere is worthy of knowing that yes and I think it is sad that she may not have figured that out or and and there's still time she's with us for god's sakes yeah but I mean in a way though 
you would have also detected not just not what not to do, but detected that she wanted more for herself. Mm. And that's powerful in itself, mm. that, she, that you detected that maybe she didn't achieve it when you were kids, but she knew that it was possible or wanted it. Mm. And that's something that she does have, mm. which is powerful in itself. Mm. It's true. Totally. I've mm. never even actually thought about it. Like I hadn't thought about it either because you've told me that story before. But, yeah. but th- that means there's a trickle in there of her knowing that, that it is possible. Yeah, of course. Mm. But there's there's other things in her life where everybody goes, oh, that's my calling or being a mum or, um, I don't know, being a great auntie or um, being a, a teacher with what I do in my work or whatever. There's other th- there's other things but that she would do in her life that is kind of her calling or her meaning and, and probably family is Of course, one not of those. career. Yeah, yeah it doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be that way. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. But, yeah, you're right. There was always that thing where she, she put this pressure on herself to go, oh, career-wise, I never did. Yeah. It's interesting. You wonder sometimes if they think as well that you've got to have a career because I think that's the that's the flip side of sometimes what feminism does with some characters, certainly not myself, that you've got to be a certain way. Mm. So you've got to, if you're a feminist, means you've got a career and you, you are really independent. It doesn't mm. work like no. that. It's just about figuring out what the fuck you want to do. Mm. If that's to be a full-time mum, then kudos to mm. you. Mm. Um, but that's where I think sometimes the, the mixed messages got hap- like happened when everybody started saying that nah, we want equality. And then yeah. women that were very happy to stay at home, genuinely, then felt pressure on themselves to find something else, yeah. you know. Um, and that and kind of defeats the whole purpose. Confusing. Yeah. I'm, I, I must say, though, I would find, I, for me personally, I find it hard to think that anyone would want to stay at home with their kids full time and that be the only, that's the only thing they've ever wanted. It happens. Don't get me wrong. I'm not mm. saying it doesn't happen. But from where I stand, that blows, that is oh, really me too. confronting to me. My mum wasn't like that either. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Mm. So are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm yeah. here. Just checking. I was just thinking about with feminism, actually, one of the last, um, kind of it's not one of the last but a major inequality that we have is like a lot of um girls and women with endos often say if this was a men's issue and and you know the alternative to living with with chronic period pain or pelvic pain or whatever with endometriosis was to get your balls cut off we'd have a cure by now there'd be a cure and Mm. i think not even more awareness a cure (laughs) a cure yeah. yeah and there is no cure for endo but there is a lot of different um things you can do to treat it I will mm. say um, I've been living pain-free from from endo for just over a year now and I think it's largely to do with good surgery the correct medication and then also lifestyle things and diet the correct diet and things like that but um, I think it is a feminist issue in a way like mm. you know it comes down to oh this is female troubles or women's women's problems and you know just like they, they might whinge a bit or be a bit dramatic. Well, because and let's look at if we, if we knew the statistics. Well, if we knew the statistics of how many doctors or how many male people were in in Western medicine or mm. the people that are in mm. emergency rooms or well, the people treating us, then yeah. that would answer that because they don't. Un- there is also a level They're of not, not understanding. Yeah. 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 So that and as much as we don't want to say that guy doctors can't do that job, that's not what anyone's saying. But the, it's a reality of also not knowing. Like mm. it's just the way that yeah. it is. So, yeah. of course, that's going to be the problem. And, of course, it's a feminist issue. Mm. Yeah. I mean, women's gynecological health issues in general, not just endometriosis, but then certain gynecological cancers and, um, like, polycystic ovarian syndrome, yeah. adenomyosis. Yeah. That's in my family. Like, mm. So mm. many. Yep. All these things that I've, I've, like, and I'm not educated about this. Like, well, I heard no. Yeah. That earlier. Mm. I've gotten to know through the girls on our Facebook page 
telling me and I'm learning from them. Mum lost and her mum at 16 and they still really don't know what happened and it was really? from ovarian really? cancer. Yeah. Oh, so wow. there's just like this mystery, which for me is really confronting as someone that likes information and goes for yeah. it. There is nothing. Like it's... It's terrifying. Total lack of That's information. And lack with, of with information Endo, and lack like, of conversation. Like mm, they weren't allowed yeah. to ask questions. We should be it was learning like about this. these things at school. Endo isn't even on the school syllabus, primary school or high school. That, like, which is why I'd never heard of it. Until which is the time when you need 21. to know about it. Of course. When you're like, in primary school getting your period. That before mm. we learn about um, having sex. Mm. I mean, we're getting our periods first. Mm. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, such a good point. It is. In Endoactive is where you can find all of Syl and her beautiful mother's work, uh, endoactive.org.au. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for your time today. Such a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, we absolutely Thanks, Sylvia. We appreciate it. It's um, It's been great fun. If you do want to check out any of our other shows, please do so with some great, amazing women, thethinkergirls.com.au or iTunes. We'd love for you to subscribe. Um, and till next week, that's it from us. Bye. Bye. Adios. See you, Syl. Bye. Come Coming up next week on Thinker Girl, the podcast. Hi, it's Michelle Nussie. Join me for the next Thinker Girl, the podcast. Here's a preview of what's coming up. Throughout our whole lives, we're constantly told, you know, how we should act and what we should do and we should, you know, look after the home and we have to have babies, otherwise we're not a good woman and all of these kind of things. Do women unknowingly self-sabotage themselves because we're told those things for so long? Were you eavesdropping on this conversation and want more? The girls are chitty-chatting away on Facebook, Snapchat and Instagram. You can download more podcasts at thethinkergirls.com.au. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.